Do you want to multiply disciples of Jesus, take cities for God, ignite mighty prayer movements, and spark a third great awakening in the United States? You have come to the right place. If you long to see people love Jesus passionately, live in purity, and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, this is what we do. My goal is to encourage and invest in the move of God happening in South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. This is the Five State Revival Podcast. Welcome to the Five State Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Mann, and I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast today. I also want to start off by giving some thanks. You know, there's there's a number of you who have uh, contacted me, you've given me feedback and really encouraged me just sharing testimonies of different ways that listening to this podcast has blessed your life. And that is such an encouragement to me. You know, when I when I do these podcasts, it's something that I just feel like God was wanting me to do. So I just, I, I do it by faith, but I'm sitting alone in my office looking at a computer. I don't get to see uh, see faces in front of me and see how God is touching people. I'm just kind of doing it blindly by faith, trying to follow what God is putting in my heart to, to put out there for people to listen to. So when I hear feedback about how God is using this to encourage you, that really, really, really encourages me to keep going with this. So thank you for taking the time to give me that encouraging feedback. And I know a number of you have actually been promoting this podcast so it can bless other people. You know, you're telling other people about it. You're telling them to listen. So again, thank you for doing that. That is that is such a blessing to me. I want to just uh, encourage you as well that if you've not already done so, could you take a minute and leave a positive review of this podcast on either iTunes or SoundCloud, whichever you listen to it on. You can go to SoundCloud and just leave a positive review, or if you listen to it on iTunes, you can do it there. But that really helps get the word out there so other people can be blessed by it too, so thank you. And as always, I love to hear feedback from you. So if you have a testimony of something God is doing in your life, or he's doing through you in your church, or in the area where you live, something you see God doing, I would love to hear about it. Or maybe you have a question, something I say on this podcast and you think, man, I want to know more. I want to hear more about that. Or uh, Feel free to email me your questions and your testimonies. You can send those to fivestaterevival at gmail.com. So feel free to email me through there and I'd love to hear feedback from you. So I just got to tell you this. I want to start off today giving you some encouragement. I am feeling so encouraged about what I see God doing in our five-state region. Seriously. I mean, I feel so excited about what the Lord is doing. And so I just want to begin the podcast today by sharing with you what I see God doing so that you can be encouraged as well. So number one, I see God increasing faith for a great revival in our region. You know, I, I talk about it often about the million soul harvest. I believe that at a bare minimum, we're going to see a harvest of a million new followers of Jesus come forth from our five-state region. And I'm believing God it's going to happen within the next 10 to 15 years. But I am not just feeling it from myself, from the Holy Spirit, but as I meet other leaders and other believers throughout our region, which God has blessed me to meet a lot of them in the last five or six months, 
I am hearing it from them. They're telling me about this anticipation they have for a great harvest, that God is stirring that faith up in them as well. So when I hear that same message come from person after person from different states in our region, it really encourages me. And I just see God increasing the faith level to see a great harvest in our region. Number two, I see God increasing the amount of harvest workers that are in our region. You know, the natural result of people having increased increased anticipation for a great harvest is that they want to participate uh, in it. You know, when you hear God tells you, I'm doing this awesome thing, the natural result is, well, I want in. What can I do? I want to be a part of it. I want to play my role in it. And there are uh, people are giving themselves faithfully to prayer, to evangelism, to disciple making, because they're excited about participating in this move of God that that he's bringing forth. You know, we have uh, in the city where I live in here on South Dakota, I would estimate 20% of the population is Korean populate uh, from a Korean background. So the Korean people are from Burma. The refugees have come over to the United States and and many, there's a good number of them that live in my city. And we had a Korean lady who was already a believer and she came to the Gathering the Generals Conference that we hosted last month. And she was just so hungry for a fresh move of God in her life. Well, she got it. She came to the conference. The Holy Spirit did a powerful work in her heart, was touching her deeply. And immediately, she feels the Spirit telling her to get on Facebook and start sharing her testimony. So, I mean, within a day or two, she's on Facebook doing this live video, and she's testifying about what Jesus has done in her life and the things that God is speaking to her. She's testifying to her family. Do you know that she has, within just within the last month, five people from her family have been baptized? and uh, are just coming in and wanting to serve the Lord. You know, that's God raising up more laborers as they encounter him and immediately they're commissioned and testifying about Jesus and God is working through them. And that is happening more and more across the region. I'm super excited about that. Number three, I see God giving increase to those who have been laboring faithfully in our region. So increased fruit, it's like I'm sensing it in my own ministry, in my own church. It's like the things that we've always been doing are just seems like there's uh, we're seeing better fruit come from it. And it's just an increase in the blessing of the Lord. Increased resources, increased influence, increased favor. It's like there is a blessing of the Lord for those of you who have been just faithfully doing the assignment that God has put before you to just make disciples, to pray. Um, God is blessing that. And I just, I'm hearing testimonies, not just in my own life, but from other ministries, other people I'm talking to in our region, they're testifying about increase that's happening. And so I just rejoice. I see that this is a season of increase right now in the body of Christ in our region. And that those who have been laboring faithfully, God is increasing blessing on that. Number four, I see God stirring the church into deeper worship and prayer. You know, people are not satisfied to just be a good church member anymore. They want to encounter the real and living God and see him move in power 
like he did in the book of Acts. It's like we're not content anymore just to sit through a church service and be a good church member. We want to participate in the ministry of Jesus as described in the Gospels and in the book of Acts. And we want to, we want to encounter the living God and we want to know him. And I see God stirring this hunger even in conversations I'm having with um, pastors in my city, you know, another pastor in my city and other people in the region, good people, faithful people, but they're just like, I want more. I want to press into God. And so when they feel that stirring, they're just gathering together to worship Jesus and to pray, to fast, to seek God more aggressively in prayer. And so just that hunger that God is stirring that leads people to pray more and to worship more is a beginning of a move of God. It is a move of God in and of itself, but it's a prelude to a harvest that's going to be coming forth. And then finally, number five, I see God connecting his family into deep friendship. And that is itself a prelude to a greater harvest. You know, I just have this phrase, I'll just say it, but common desperation draws thirsty hearts together. You know, if you're in an area where there's a drought in the physical and there's one watering hole, people eventually, they get so thirsty, they're going to start seeking out that watering hole. They're going to gather to that watering hole and they're going to connect with each other while they're there. And I just see that the hunger that God is stirring up to know Jesus better, to live for Jesus in a, in a deeper way, to... Um, be fruitful and see a great harvest and see God move and move. That hunger is actually drawing thirsty hearts together. And I just see the Lord connecting people who have been laboring in different cities around our region. We're finding each other. The Holy Spirit is leading us to discover each other and get to know one another and become friends. And we're falling in love with each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And that unity, there's such humility that I'm seeing and just the different people that are meeting each other, the ones that I meet, there's such humility. It's like we're we're just not wanting to try and impress each other. We're just wanting to learn from one another and to encourage and build one another up and to support one another. And this is such a beautiful work of the Spirit bringing unity in our region. And I'm telling you, it is going to lead. He's What he's doing is he's, he's, he's building a net in our five-state region that's going to have the capability of holding the million-soul harvest that he's about to bring in. And so he's just taking a, a ministry here, a person there, and he's connecting us together to make that net strong. And the harvest is coming. I'm super encouraged by that. So this is what I see God doing in our region right now. I mean, I'm so encouraged by it. But what is it all leading to? You know, what is God building? What's the blueprint? What's Why is he doing these things? What is it leading to? In the next segment, I'll share some thoughts about what God is building in our region. Okay, so what is God building in our region? What is the big picture? What is the long-term blueprint for what God wants to accomplish in our five-state region? And how does that tie in with what he's doing in all the earth? So here are some thoughts about what I believe that God is up to in our region. Number one, 
is on, I believe, on his agenda, milestone number one is revival and a million soul harvest. I really believe that this is the the first thing that he has us laboring toward right now is he's going to bring forth that million soul harvest. He wants to bring a great awakening in the upper Midwest, in that five-state region and the surrounding area. He's going to be doing this in other places in our nation as well. But for our five-state region, number one, I believe, on his list is he wants revival. Revival, he wants awakening, he wants repentance, and he wants a, a great harvest to come forth. And so I believe that's number one on the agenda. Number two, God is establishing, I believe specifically that this is a, a word for our five-state region. He's establishing us as a region of righteousness or a region of refuge is another term. And uh, let me explain a little bit about what I mean by that. I believe that the earth, including the United States of America, is going through a season of great shaking. But to be honest, according to the scriptures, we are going to be coming into a season of even greater shaking. There is going to be enormous shaking of the nations. The word of God says, I will shake everything that can be shaken, is what uh, the word of God says in Hebrews. I believe that that, that nations are going to be shaken. and uh, But... I believe that God has a calling on certain cities, certain regions, and I believe there's a calling on our five-state region to be in the midst of everything being shaken, to be a region of refuge. And what I mean by that is when there's economic shaking and there's drought and there's different things going on in other places, I believe that he wants uh, prosperity to be happening in our five-state region, not just for selfish reasons, but so that we can actually have more than enough to be a blessing and meet the needs of people in other places that are going through hard things. I believe that part of being a region of refuge is um, that we have uh, where other areas there's persecution against believers. I believe God has in his heart for our region to be a place of safety for those who love Jesus to practice their faith and to not be persecuted for it. And I believe that there's a calling on our region to be a place of refuge, that it's a safe place to live for Jesus openly and practice your faith without the fear of persecution. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to be going to other places because one of the aspects of a region of refuge is number three, that we are an apostolic region. We are a training center. I believe that God has that in his heart for our five-state region. He wants us to be a safe place in a region of refuge because people are going to come here. They're going to encounter the Lord. They're going to be equipped. And they may come at first just to get some food or to live in a safe place. But what they're going to do is they're going to encounter God. They're going to be trained, equipped, and then sent out. And we're going to be sending forth laborers from our region into into the nations of the earth, unreached people groups, even other places in our nation that are to to complete the Great Commission. Matthew 24, 14, that the the whole earth, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all nations, and then the end will come. So I believe number one, God wants revival and a, a great harvest. Number two in our region, God wants to establish a region of refuge here. And I want to make this distinction. 
be, we'll never be a region of refuge until we are first a region of righteousness because God blesses those who obey his word and honor him and those regions that do that is what the scriptures say. Deuteronomy chapter 28, for example. But there's a curse upon those who uh, don't live for God and they disobey his commands. And so I believe we'll never become a region of refuge that has that protection and the prosperity, etc until we first become a region of righteousness. And so that's why number one on the list is revival, because we are not a region of righteousness right now. And we need repentance to come forth in our region. We need that million soul harvest to come forth out of the 12 million people in our five state region. We need that million soul harvest of fiery lovers for Jesus who repent of their sins and obey the word of God again and cry out to God for revival. and. And, um, and then I believe that God will respond to the, to the righteousness the re- that he's bringing forth and he'll bring blessing and the region of refuge will come forth. But the region of refuge leads to becoming an apostolic region that trains, equips, and sends forth laborers to complete the Great Commission. And then finally, number four, this is what I see God doing, is, is God is raising up a global praying prophetic and missions movement that will usher in the return of Jesus and his reign on the earth. I believe this, that the the finish line is not revival and just getting a million soul harvest. The finish line is not completing the Great Commission. The finish line is not just taking cities and taking regions for God. Those are milestones unto the ultimate finish line, which is ushering in Jesus' return to the earth where he rules all nations and righteousness and prosperity and joy and peace and justice fills the nations. And so that's the finish line. That's what God is building on the earth. It's the kingdom of God. So we want revival. We want to be a region of refuge. We want to be um, an apostolic center that sends forth laborers to complete the Great Commission. But those are all milestones unto the ultimate prize, which is Jesus being back on the planet, ruling the nations. And so that's what I see God doing. We'll see how this thing plays out. That's what I see God doing. I hope you're encouraged by that. And so now we'll move in to the next segment. Okay, so this is the training segment. And what I want to do in the training segment is I want to give you something practical that you can do to help take new ground for God. You know, perhaps you're listening to the promises of God for revival and in our region and your heart is burning with desire to participate in it. You're like, God, I want to be part of that. Maybe you see the brokenness and the lostness that's all around you in your family, on your campus, in your neighborhood or among a particular people group and your heart is broken and you're seeing darkness prevail and you're like, God, what can I do to make a difference to to bring the light of Jesus, of the gospel to these people, into my people group and destroy the works of the devil and see Jesus glorified and the people set free. You're like, what can I do? I want to do something. I want to give you something practical that you can do to take the land for God. So, Let me just give you this hypothetical scenario. Let's say that you're a college student. You're a freshman. You go to a college campus and you don't see God doing much on the campus. 
and you're like, God, I want to see you move here. What can I do to bring the light of the kingdom? I'm just one guy out of thousands of students or one lady out of thousands of students. What can I do to establish the kingdom of God on this campus and to bring light here and and displace darkness? Here's what you can do. I'm just going to give you these one, two, three really fast, and then I'll kind of talk a little bit about them after that. Number one, worship and pray regularly. Number one thing that you can do, if I were a new student on a college campus, or I just moved to a new city, or I live in a neighborhood and I want to see God come into my neighborhood or my family, the very first thing I would do is I would establish a regular altar of prayer on my campus, in my neighborhood, in my home, whatever it is, where I'm worshiping Jesus regularly in that place and I'm praying. That's the number one thing you could do because when you worship and pray regularly, you enthrone Jesus as Lord in your area by building and maintaining an altar of worship. You establish an embassy, so to speak. You get air supremacy in the spiritual realm over that region. It is absolutely real. I'm going to share with you some incredible testimonies in just a minute of this. But when you worship the Lord regularly, you shift angels and demons move in response to your worship. You know, it intensifies the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's happening in your area or on your campus. I would say this, this would be my counsel. The number one objective of taking new ground for God is you establish a regular altar where worship from a pure heart where prayer and intercession is regularly rising before the Lord. If you do that, there will be a shift in the spiritual atmosphere and there will be an increase in the ministry of the Spirit. There will be a decrease of demonic activity and you will see the kingdom of God start breaking forth even in the natural if you'll establish and maintain that altar. Number two, Obey God's word and love each other deeply as a family. So you know what I would do if I were on that college campus? I would try to find at least one like-hearted person and I would gather with them on a regular basis, at least weekly, and we would worship and pray together and we would commit ourselves to love each other deeply according to the scriptures. And we would commit ourselves to be a community that we're going to honor and obey the word of God. Listen, that is a force in the earth. This type of joy-filled community of love, uh, living in bright righteousness, when disciples of Jesus come together and they're encountering the Holy Spirit in the place of prayer, they're loving one another and they're obeying the word of God, living in that bright righteousness from the heart, that purity of heart. Man, that is so contagious because It's like a magnet that draws people in. I believe this is what Jesus was talking about when he says, by this, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. I've seen communities of people when they're loving each other according to the scriptures, when they're encountering Jesus together, there's a mark of the fresh work of the spirit happening in their life. They're living in obedience to the scriptures. They're walking in love. It's a magnet because people see that and they say, I want to be a part of that family. I want to be a part of that community. And it's like, well, here's the way you follow Jesus. We love one another. We do what the scriptures say. They're like, I'm in. And it really does lead to a harvest. So I would say, if you want to see God move in your area, get one or two like-minded people, worship and pray regularly, obey the word of God and love one another deeply. And then finally, number three, diligently share the gospel with people. 
I mean, get your one or two, three or four, however many it is, like-minded friends who are believers. Pray regularly, obey the word of God, um, love each other deeply, but also hold one another accountable and encourage one another in sharing the gospel regularly as a way of life because you're sowing the seed of the kingdom when you share the gospel and a harvest will come forth if you uh, sow the seed. So share the gospel regularly and then gather the new believers, those who believe, gather them into this same type of discipling community where they're getting together regularly, worshiping, obeying the word of God, loving each other deeply and sharing the gospel. That's the process of how you take new ground for Jesus anywhere. So if I'm a new college student, if you're living in a neighborhood, get one or two like-minded people and start doing these three things regularly and you'll see God move. I want to talk to you just, uh, I want to share four testimonies um, just illustrating the power of, of worship, of regularly gathering together and worshiping Jesus. You know, we I have a, a, a friend that I heard share this testimony and he took a group to a country that was predominantly Muslim in the Middle East, and he was there, and there were lots of refugees uh, that were in this one location uh, in the country, in this in this one um, area. And he took his team of people, and they just started. They, I think it was forty-eight hours. They just worshipped Jesus continually for forty-eight hours there. Just him and his little group of believers. They go right into the heart of this area where all these Muslim refugees are living. And the first thing they do is they establish the altar. And as they're worshiping Jesus, you know, the, the, all these refugees, they didn't really have anything to do. And there was music going on. So they would just gather around and watch these Christians worshiping Jesus. It went on for, four, I think, 48 hours. And spontaneously, as they're worshiping the Lord and all these Muslim refugees are watching them do it, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts healing people and Muslims are getting healed and miracles start taking place. The gospel's not even being preached. It's just that Jesus is being enthroned in the area through the worship of his people. And then he starts moving in power. When the kingdom of God comes, miracles happen and people start getting healed and they're like, wow, what is happening? So finally, they talk to each other, the believers, and they say, well, maybe we should preach the gospel. So they start proclaiming the gospel. They preached the gospel, a bold gospel. It wasn't like this wishy-washy thing where, you know, just believe in Jesus along with your Islamic beliefs. It was like you have to renounce your idols, renounce Islam, and follow Jesus as Lord. And 100% of the Muslims who were there gave their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. This all happened within just like a 48-hour type period. And it, it started with them coming in and not just preaching first. They established an altar and enthroned Jesus as Lord in that area. And then God came in power and the Spirit started moving and miracles started happening. And then they proclaimed the gospel. And that this is how you take new ground for God. And, that, and you know that's continuing. That work is continuing on. Another testimony I know is I was in India and I met a, 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 lo, a local pastor in India who was an Indian man and he told me his testimony about how he got saved. He actually grew up in a Muslim family and he would go regularly to the mosque, you know, like they do and they pray regularly. Well, his sister had a, a very serious disease that she was going to be dying from. And they had done basically everything they could. There was like nothing they could do to help her get better. So out of sheer desperation, as a last 
ditch effort, they, he decided to take his sister to a Christian church, hoping that maybe if their God is real, that he could do something. He, this is his own words. He says, I walked with my sister into the service and they were worshiping. And as they were singing songs and worshiping God, he says, before I ever heard the gospel preached, I instantly knew that their God was the real God because I could feel his presence in that place. And he says, in all my years of praying in the mosque, I never once felt the presence of God. But as soon as I came into that environment of people who are worshiping Jesus as Lord, I felt the presence of God and I knew immediately their God was real. During this worship time, his sister gets miraculously healed. The Holy Spirit touches her. She gets miraculously healed. They hear the gospel. He gives his life to Jesus. Immediately, his Muslim father, family, uh, decides to kill him. And so they, they hire somebody to kill him. And he has to flee his home. Another pastor takes him in and trains him to be a pastor. Uh, and so he is a pastor today. The good news is, is that over a number of ye- a number of years went by, but eventually his father believed in Jesus and gave his life to the Lord too. So here's what I want to share about that testimony. There is something so powerful about starting when you're taking new ground, you in- you build an altar of worship and you maintain it and you enthrone Jesus as Lord through the worship and through the prayer. And that releases the spirit's power. Another really cool testimony, I actually read about this in a book, is uh, a man who was a missionary to an island in the South Pacific, and he went to this new people group, um, it, kind of a tribal people group, and they 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 worship different spirits and things like that, and involved in witchcraft, and there's all kinds of demonic power that would manifest there, and different gods, so to speak, that they would worship. Well, he goes in there, and he asks the chief of the tribe right away, he says, listen, can I share the gospel of Jesus with your people. And the chief looked at him and says, well, I tell you what, he says, "Um, I have a series of tests I want you to go through. And if you complete these tests, then I'll give you permission to share Jesus with my people. So the first couple tests that the chief took him through were just different physical tests. You know, I don't know what they were, if it was hiking something or whatever it was. And the missionary passed these tests. And then finally the chief says to him, okay, there's one final test I have for you. And if you go through past this test, you can share Jesus with my people. So he gathers people in his tribe around and they get in a large circle and they all start chanting this, this, uh, these prayers to their gods, you know, to these demonic uh, spirits that they start that they're worshiping, and as they're chanting and praying to these spirits, this demonic energy and presence just begins to manifest in their midst. And there's a, a woman who j- steps into the middle of the circle, and she's dancing to these demonic gods. This is demonic type dance. And as she's dancing in the middle of the circle, and the people are chanting, she begins to levitate and float up where she's literally about ten feet in the air, off of the ground, just dancing about in the in mid air as these people are chanting. And and this demonic fervor reaches its pitch. And the missionary is just standing there, not participating. He's just observing. And then the chief comes to him and says, can your God do that? The missionary looked at the chief and he says, I tell you what, my God is not in the levitating business, but my God can bring her down. And so the chief said, okay, we'll do it. So the missionary just took a step back from the circle and he lifted his hands and just began to worship Jesus. 
That's all. Not doing all this warfare stuff, you know, taking authority over the spirits. He just began to build an altar and to enthrone Jesus as Lord among these people through his worship. And as he worshiped Jesus, all of a sudden the power of God broke in. The demonic powers were broken. And this lady comes crashing down to the ground from 10 feet in the air. And finally the chief was like, okay, tell us about your Jesus. He preaches the gospel and a whole bunch of them end up giving their lives to the Lord. But listen, when you want to take new ground for God, Number one, build an altar of worship. If you're a new college student, wherever you are, build an altar. Get one or two like-minded people. Build that altar of worship to the Lord and prayer, and you will enthrone Jesus as Lord there. And then preach the gospel. Love each other deeply. Commit to obeying the commands of Jesus. Final testimony I want to share is my own testimony. God called my wife and I to move to Huron, South Dakota in 2005. And of course, we had a heart right away. It was not just to build a nice church in this city, but it was to take a whole city for God. It's like, God, what can we do to see at least 80% of the people in our city get saved and be living for Jesus in 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 a healthy church? And that was our dream. And we struggled. There was so much spiritual warfare for the first year and a half or so. And and we were just trying to survive, honestly. It was really, really rough. It's a whole long story that I won't go into. But here's what I do want to share with you. We had a value for worship. We had a value for prayer. We did that in our services. Occasionally, we would have prayer meetings and things like that. I had a prayer life. My wife and I, we always have had our personal prayer life. But in 2007, the Lord... Uh, led us to begin making the prayer meeting the center of who we are as a church. And it started off in February of 2007. We were just going to have one month of spiritual emphasis. And we said, you know, let's just pray and worship for four hours from 6 to 10 p.m. every Friday night for the month of February in 2007 and just kind of a little press into God month. And so we did that. But by the end of the month, we were enjoying it so much. We said, you know, let's do it another month. And so we did it for March. And by the end of March, we, we, we began to realize from the Holy Spirit, he made it clear to us. He says, guys, this is who you're called to be for the rest of your life. And so we, we have been doing that prayer meeting Ever since, that was in 2007, now it's 2018, we've had well over a thousand hours, I don't know what the actual number is, of corporate worship and prayer. And as soon as we began meeting together regularly, worshiping, enthroning Jesus as Lord in our city on a regular basis, in agreement with each other, we started seeing spiritual breakthrough, not only from the warfare, but we started seeing fruit, kingdom fruit, come from our uh, through our church and through our ministry, we started seeing miracles happen. I saw more healing miracles happen in 2007 than at any other point in my life leading up to that year. We saw so many miracles begin to happen. And it's because God helped us establish us as a community of worship and prayer. And we built an altar to enthrone Jesus as Lord in our city. And to this day, as the pastor, if I had to cancel everything else our church does except for one thing, the last thing remaining is we would be meeting together in worship and prayer for the prayer meeting. And um, we preach the gospel, we do evangelism, we make disciples, but the most important priority is connecting, abiding in Jesus, not only as individuals and his families, but as a community of believers, we come together and we worship. We, we make obeying Jesus 
this uh, a hallmark of of our of who we are as a people. We love each other deeply according to the scriptures, and we share the gospel. And I'm telling you, we're seeing new ground be taken for the Lord. So you can do this. That's my encouragement to you. You can do this. You say, man, I'm just, I don't know any other like-minded people in my campus or my neighborhood or my business that would do this with me. If you don't know another one, start by yourself. Start regularly making a time, worshiping Jesus, obeying the word of God, loving people and sharing the gospel. And God will give you partners. God will bring, get people saved who will join you and uh, or he'll connect you with others as well. But people will get saved. I encourage you, do this. Take new ground for God. You are guaranteed to have an impact if you'll regularly do these three things in community with like-hearted believers. So I want to just speak a blessing over you. In the name of Jesus, I bless you to take new ground for God. Take new ground for God. You are anointed The Holy Spirit has anointed you to go into darkness and establish the kingdom of God in that place. I bless you that God would connect you with other like-hearted believers and that he would anoint you to establish his kingdom in new areas. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Again, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Leave a positive review. That's really helpful if you can do that. Um, And can I ask you to do me a favor? Share this podcast with other people. And you can do it through Facebook or different ways. Let them know about it. And then check back in with us again for our next episode. God bless you.